0: Safari Looking for Mike Is that a lion stalking us? I think it's something much scarier <sighs> It's a search term report And someone has keywords With 150% ACOS Oh no They never added any negative keywords oh, And it looks like all their bids are just $3 No bid optimization We're in trouble we need to do something about this giant A cost, but I don't know if we can do it alone. Oh no, it's the Ad Badger. Should we run? No, no, no. The Ad Badger can save us. He'll rub that high A cost to shreds with bit optimization and negative keywords. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Brett from Ad Badger, and you're listening to the PPC Den podcast, the world's first Amazon PPC advertising podcast, and your source for all of the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most from your Amazon ads. What is going on, everybody out there in Badger Nation? I am particularly, personally excited over this episode. You may notice a different setup right now if you're watching this podcast. And if you're listening to it, it's also something different too. Today is a special day because we have our first guest that we've ever had on the PBC Den podcast. And I'm really happy to introduce to you Kiri Masters. Kiri, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, thank you. Michael, you've dragged me into the 21st century with an actual video today. Usually I'm in a dark room, just with my microphone, but today I had to actually brush my hair, put some real (laughs) clothes on, Mm -hmm. sit somewhere where there's natural light. So um, yeah, you're you're shaking things up for me today.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, (laughs) Kiri, Kiri, we've been friends for quite some time. We, I think, first got introduced in a mastermind years and years ago And ever since then, I don't know if people know this, but if you write into AdBadger and you ask us questions about general Amazon brand management for people's store, you know, AdBadger is focused only on PPC, only on Amazon advertising. So people write in and ask us about this. We send them to one place. That's actually you. Uh, So you uh, are the owner of Bob's Marketing, which is an Amazon brand marketing agency, and you can clarify exactly what it is in a second. Uh, And you also podcast at e-commerce brain trust as well. Um, is there anything else you'd like the audience to know?
1: Yeah, we're just chatting before the show, like any entrepreneur yourself included, Michael, I know that this is your MO as well. I'm I'm a bit of a crazy person. I have two big projects coming up in the next two months. One is a new book, called Amazon for CMOs and it's really Amazon for CMOs, for retail executives trying to figure out what to do with Amazon. Um, And then the other one is the Marketplace Institute, which is taking everything that we know about Amazon from running an agency for the last four and a half years, working with hundreds of brands, doing their advertising, their marketing, their operations, their brand protection. We're bringing all of that into a platform that will let um, brands and even agencies and consultants figure do the Amazon thing for themselves with access to our processes and even access to our Amazon experts by what we're calling right now the Amazon helpline.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so that's all launching in September. Same year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you can um, you can access all of our uh, processes without having to. Uh, call me me up and uh, (laughs) wait.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's really cool. And I'm particularly excited about this episode too. uh, As we sort of transition into the meat of this episode, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I actually think we're going to call this episode Into the Great Unknown about Mm. Amazon DSP. Um, Mm. So, so much of what I like about digital marketing and specifically paid traffic, whether it be Google ads, Facebook ads, Amazon ads, for the most part, is how easy, accessible, self-service it is. You know, if you want to go and run a Facebook ad campaign, you can do it this afternoon. Um, You don't need to necessarily call up Facebook and ask their permission or get approved in some particularly special program. However, I'm eager to hear more from you and your experience and... I know that our audience would be particularly interested in just hearing about what DSP is, how potentially maybe they can access it, what it means in the context of sort of standard Amazon advertising. So by the end of this episode, I, you know, both our audience and myself, I think we're all really excited to learn a little bit more about DSP and how we should be really thinking about it.
1: Great, yeah, this is, like you said, I think that Um, when you see those charts of Amazon advertising revenue just going up and up and up and up, and we have uh, Amazon's reporting their Q2 numbers tonight, actually, I'm pretty sure we're going to see there's going to be some new milestone reach with ad revenue from Amazon. And a lot of that is driven by paid search, by Mm -hmm. sponsored products, the stuff that that many, many sellers are running day in, day out on a Um, and and getting really good return on. Mm -hmm. What a lot of brands, unless you're a large CPG or, you know, really significant brand who's been pitched DSP over and over Mm -hmm. and over again over the last few years, you might not be as familiar with that um, because it's really a more traditional branding play. And it's not based on immediate results. It's not like an advertising cost of sales model, it's an impression driven model. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's not so much awareness of it at the smaller end of town, because if you're a small business, let's say like under 10 million in revenue, you're going to be really focused on driving a return on any advertising that you do. Whereas big companies, they need to have that down as well. They need to have that direct response marketing um, channel going, but then they also need to be driving top of funnel awareness, brand awareness, product awareness um, through different types of media channels. And Amazon DSP is emerging as a really compelling media channel.
0: hmm You know, sometimes on the show, we like to stick with the jungle theme and we'll often describe people on Amazon as either being, you know, customers on Amazon, being either hunters or foragers in the sense of there's hunters that know exactly what it is that they're looking for. They're going to jump to Amazon. They're going to make a search. They're going to see the thing that they want within the first, you know, above the fold before they even scroll down anywhere. They're going to click something, and they're going to convert. This is part Mm -hmm. of the reason why Top of Search generally converts better than uh, product page placements, generally. Um, So with, but that being said, more and more people are going to Amazon and just generally on the internet who maybe are, they don't exactly know what they want to go and buy it. They're, They're sort of higher up in the funnel. They sort of can be guided down a funnel, Even within the Amazon ecosystem. So, a lot of times when we talk about Amazon PPC optimization, I think you're absolutely right that it is a lot of bottom of funnel work. And, you know, granted, that's part of the attraction of Amazon advertising that you can't, there is so much bottom of funnel. Uh, It's the easy part of a Facebook funnel. You know, on Facebook, it's much more difficult to work on your Mm. top of funnel, Uh, it's much more difficult to work on your mid funnel, but it's very easy on Amazon to launch bottom of funnel ads, and the issue with that is most people are not bottom of funnel. So being able to tap into the top of funnel with a DSP, I think is really, really valuable. So first and foremost, let's start with some definitions because I know Amazon is constantly changing up their terminology. I'm You, you, you almost need like a Whiteboard just to see, just to remember what Amazon's calling their ad products <laughs> on any given week. Um, yeah. Anyway, can we break down some quick high level definitions to even orient ourselves uh, on these topics?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And they changed, there was the big rebrand of Amazon advertising. It's actually only just at the start of this year, which mm-hmm. seems like forever ago. Um, so there's Amazon advertising and there is what previously used to be called, uh, AAP, Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon advertising platform. Um, and there was the Amazon media group. These were at least known mostly to people outside Mm -hmm. of Amazon as the display offering, which is what we're talking about today. Media display ads on Forbes ads, you know, like Mm -hmm. video ads, things like that ads on a Kindle ads on a fire TV, Everything that is not paid search mm-hmm. they re because that was starting to get very confusing. I think that they they made the right move, which is to rebrand that as DSP, mm-hmm. which is demand side platform so mm-hmm. if you, you know in traditional media you've got the publisher, mm-hmm. which might be Forbes.com, dot mm-hmm. uh, my my favorite news outlet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Uh, The publisher, and then you've got the demand side, which is the advertiser side, so that's why it's called demand side platform. It's a term that's pretty commonly used in um, media buying. Mm -hmm.
0: So, in a way, Amazon has their own display network Mm -hmm. that they serve ads on, similar to a way that somebody might interact with Google Ads and use the Google display network. Amazon has their own display network which is like you mentioned forbes kindle fire
1: tv imdb i believe as well yep um yeah so they've got their owned properties which is amazon.com the kindle the fire tv imdb is owned by amazon they've got some other sites as well um and then they're also leveraging a third party third party networks as well just like google is and so mm -hmm. that will i've been on um i'm a big home cook. So I'm on lots of recipe sites and I've seen Amazon DSP ads pop up on all kinds of recipe sites, which Amazon doesn't own obviously, Mm -hmm. but they're using third party network to access a bigger inventory of, um, third party sites.
0: Right. So this is a pretty big deal. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is in direct competition with something that a Google product that, you know, Google their Google Ads display network, you know, Google ad, putting Google Ads on your site. For the longest time, that was like the thing to do if you want to monetize a media site. Yeah. Um, so I think it's so fascinating to watch the evolution of Amazon DSP. So the, I think the, the question that I always have is, why do you think that so far, DSP has been some kind of walled, Garden in the sense that it's not self-service. I, th- I think the number that I see sometimes is like, as after an advertiser is spending about $35,000 a month on their mm-hmm. sort of normal advertising, they'll get a phone call, yeah. say, hey, why do you guys do DSP? Yeah. Um, tell me why you think that is an occurrence? Because this means even super duper large brands that are just entering Amazon may not even get that call until they start their normal you know so they're normal you know sponsored products sponsored brand ads i'm curious why you think that that there is that ramp up
1: it's because it's not as it, it, it can't be scaled in the same way as paid search mm-hmm. there's still um, there's still things that need to be handled by an account manager mm-hmm. so with with sponsored products it's like you set your bids you set your budget put in your keywords it's all done by you there's no one at Amazon doing anything with Mm -hmm. DSP there's still I think ultimately they want to scale it I mean why wouldn't they it's just so profitable for them Mm -hmm. but there is still it, it is still quite a traditional type of advertising there needs to be checks and balances in place as an agency we run DSP campaigns for some of our clients and we have an account manager who manages our agency relationship and some others and we still need to go to him to say can you turn this on Mm -hmm. we're ready to launch his campaign can you can you initiate it it's Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of manual intervention so it's just not possible for amazon to scale and therefore like you said they have sort of a minimum spend requirement where if you're an agency you have to have uh, you know, you have to be spending over a certain amount every month for them to support you. Mm-hmm. And then if you're an individual advertiser, you also need to commit a certain amount to be able to be onboarded onto that platform and be managed because it's just a very, there's a lot more overhead associated with this than um, than, a, than a sponsored uh, products kind of operation. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so there are plenty of listeners out there that, are in that spend range mm-hmm. and, and when i talk to some of them sometimes they're very skeptical of the dsp phone call that you know mm. they will often turn to us and they'll say hey we just got this phone call from amazon yeah. they want us to run this new ad type this dsp type thing they say that it has access to ads that we currently don't have access to yeah. uh, is how should a company who's in that range start approaching that, pro- that decision-making process mm. should they be taking budget away from their normal sponsored products sponsored brands ads inside the normal campaigns should they reallocate brand new budget for this mm. um, what kinds of returns should they, they be expecting so i'm just curious or i mean what kpi should they even measure that by um, mm. i'm just curious how, like, what is the starting conversation that companies need to have when they do get that phone call
1: that's a really great point. And I think this is one of our talking points for later, but we may as well touch on it a little bit now, is you can't expect the same kind of return on ad spend that you mm-hmm. get with paid search. Mm-hmm. It is a completely different animal. And I think that this is where a couple of years ago Amazon's um, DSP sales team was quite aggressive in going out and trying to acquire new brands to come onto their platform. And I believe that they burnt a few bridges because they aggressively promoted this to brands that had never done brand advertising Mm -hmm. before. They'd never done any display advertising before. They'd never purchased media before. Mm -hmm. And so they just, these brands who were used to the, um, great return on ad spend that you can get with sponsored products we're expecting immediate returns and that's just not how this works so the first thing to recognize is that this is brand marketing and the metrics that you're using and your expectations need to be completely different
0: right
1: yeah so in that in that case it does not
0: make sense to take budget away from you know your bottom of funnel your deep funnel search marketing on Amazon, it doesn't make sense to reallocate funds from there over to DSP. It seems like it's a brand new part of the funnel, a sort of a new Mm -hmm. channel that they have yet to tap into. So I know that, you know, it's it's very normal, you know, if anyone has run Facebook ads to have a top of funnel awareness campaign that's maybe a video and Mm. where you don't expect any commercial impact yet. Where you're just trying to get people to become aware to watch the video, and then later you can retarget them, yep. uh, and then expect a commercial return. So is that sort of how people should be thinking about these these DSP ads?
1: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. let's let's take a second and talk about the funnel here, because there's mm-hmm. a there's a few different use cases for this, and the cool thing about DSP is that there are different targeting types and placements that. Like you said, you just don't get with sponsored products. So at the very top of the funnel with the awareness uh, segment, Mm -hmm. what Amazon has, of course, is millions and millions of data points, about hundreds of millions of shoppers and what they looked for, what they added to their cart, what they didn't buy, what's on their wish list, what they did buy, how frequently they buy it. Who, who are they buying for? Are they buying gifts? Are they buying things for kids? Do they have pets in their house? They just have, they know so much about our households and what they're spending money on. So what they're able to glean from me and my shopping behavior is I like cooking. I have a toddler at home. I have a cat. I'm married. I'm in this age bracket, all of my interests. So they're able to know that they're able to start targeting me with things like kitchen appliances and kids clothing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because they know that I'm in this demographic segment I have these interests I have these psychographic qualities Mm -hmm. um and so from an awareness standpoint if if you're a um a a kitchen appliance manufacturer then you want to be able to start targeting people like me for your new sous vide machine or Mm -hmm. whatever so they have amazon has assembled not just demographics which you can get with any advertising platform Mm -hmm. but psychographics what are you in market for so what have you recently researched um, on amazon so amazon would know that i'm looking for a new coffee coffee machine Mm -hmm. So this is the awareness stage and this is what's really helpful you know very top of funnel i want to start targeting people in you know who look like this Mm -hmm. the next stage when you know people call these stages different things but let's call this one consideration so if i've already started looking at different brands of coffee machines then I'm a good target for an advertiser who's looking for someone in that consideration stage. So, what we can do it with DSP is we can also we can look for customers who've looked at, at competitor products, customers who have looked at our product detail pages and not purchased. Um, mm. And also we can pull in data from our e-com store and, and negatively target them and say we don't want to cannibalise sales from our own website. Let's not target customers who've looked at our e-com site. When we're getting to the to the purchase stage of the, of the funnel, then this is when we can actually start using um, remarketing as well, which no. is something that has been seen in various shapes and forms with um, – PPC on, on Amazon, right. but it's not as sophisticated as it is with DSP. Um, mm-hmm. So that can be used really effectively with the uh, purchase and loyalty stage, as well as- In what ways, yeah. if, I'm curious, what
0: in what ways is it more sophisticated on DSP?
1: Um, that's a good question. This is uh, just what I've been told by Amazon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And, and, I, and I think that brings up a good question. One of the things that I hear a lot from people that first start running DSP is there's a general frustration with the data that you get back mm. um, where, you know, there might be like different classifications of retargeting groups but then you actually can't see the pages that got the right. clicks or the pages right. that led to conversions. Yeah. Even those psychographic metrics that you mentioned uh, where we can't access, you know, c- couldn't potentially see the performance within each audience mm. or even to the, then you can make optimizations for each audience. I'm curious, when you guys are managing DSP, is there any way to work around some of that data black box
1: Uh, short answer is no and this is I guess taking a step back just a frustration that anyone interacting with Amazon has is that we know they have the data we know that they have Mm -hmm. it and they have all the data and the way that they Mm -hmm. sort of parcel it off in little chunks to people, like sellers get this Mm -hmm. kind of data, vendors get that kind of data, if you pay for the premium analytics add-on as expensive as it is, you get a little bit more, if you're on DSP you get a little bit more, so like, they've made it and I think this, like, partially deliberate, they've made it so that each, you need to be, like, fully invested in the platform, in all of their platforms to be able to start assembling things. And even mm-hmm. then, you can't see end-to-end, you right. know, search view of a DSP ad, add to cart. I mean, you can get some of those um, metrics in DSP, which is add to cart impressions and sales and things like mm-hmm. that. So you get to see part of it. But then not when someone repurchased, which you could get in a different type of report or like how many were new to brand, which you could get in sponsored products campaigns, but not in DSP. And it's just like Amazon is such a Mm -hmm. huge organisation and um, they they just don't put all of those little pieces together. So yes, it's Mm -hmm. a frustration. I think it's warranted. Um, I think that they do want to... Give us data to the extent that it will get advertisers to spend more money um, right. but they don't really have a full interest in sharing everything with us because then they lose what is um, mm-hmm. special about Amazon. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting so continue in continuing with that funnel mm-hmm. um, you know seeing you know, because the lo- there's also like, after conversion, some sort of like loyalty mechanism on DSP2, which is also very unique.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of detail on, on that specific one.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess in, in terms of, uh, in terms of the silver lining here, uh, because for, me who hasn't done much with DSP um, oftentimes as someone who's sort of like down in the wall optimizing maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way uh, perhaps for sure I am what is sort of the silver lining here for DSP like sure you might not be able to get all the data that you mm. might expect sure maybe the data is going to be obfuscated from you yep. but where's, where's the silver lining mm. here because there has to be reasons to continue to do Absolutely. it. Otherwise, DSP would not be a thing. Yep. So, really, what, how how should we be thinking of this? Yeah. Like, yes, there's black black boxes of data. Yes, we won't be able to optimize it the exact same way yep. that we can optimize sponsored products. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about silver linings here.
1: Yeah. Well, the big silver line, and and I think we've talked about some of the negatives. There's still a lot of positives. If if you have the right kind of goals the right expectations and mm-hmm. a willingness to sort of see through see it for what it is one mm-hmm. is you're getting access to customers who are really good candidates for your products potentially right and you're not that you're just not going to be able to get this kind of targeting anywhere else online or in in real life as well nowhere else on the web, can you target someone who is definitely researching your competitor's products? Definitely in market to buy a coffee machine. Like mm-hmm. Amazon has a, a, a data set that no one else has. And the only way that you can access it is through DSP. So that's one thing is that um, if you're a really big company and in my book, um, which I co-authored, by the way, it wasn't just me. My co-author interviewed the CMO of Mitsubishi and they are using Amazon DSP. They don't sell mm. cars on Amazon yet. <laughs> they might soon. Right. But they, uh, you know, for Mitsubishi, they know that they can target very specific psychographic and demographic um, uh, customers on Amazon mm. through the different platforms fire TV and things like that so they're using Amazon DSP um, because they're a huge brand and they divvy up their their brand spend in a way that means we're gonna we're gonna come across the people that we want to target here um, mm-hmm. so that's one thing and I think from Amazon's own, marketing initiatives, they are talking about how when used together, um, DSP and paid search can be particularly effective. So I just want to pull that stat up because I think if you take it at face value, it is pretty compelling. Um, Mm -hmm. They say that uh, 10 times more high intent shoppers can be reached with display advertising versus PPC alone which kind of makes sense because we're talking about a, a much bigger data set. So I think mm-hmm. to, to, back to your question about how much um, budget should people allocate towards this? Yes, don't pull any of your PPC budget out and put it towards um, display unless you're finding that you just can't put any more money into PPC. Right. Mm-hmm. That maybe that's when you're looking to expand the funnel is that you've sort of you've done everything you can with PPC put another dollar in and it's not going to get you any more
0: sales. Hey everybody, it's Mike here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And as some of you may already know, the podcast isn't all that we do when it comes to Amazon. Uh, We actually spend the majority of our day working on building the best Amazon advertising tool we possibly can to help automate a lot of the concepts that we discuss during the show yep and we appreciate you as listeners we'd love your feedback about our app Uh, and if you're interested in giving our free trial a shot just head on over to adbadger.com slash podcast deal that's adbadger.com slash podcast deal thank you so much for the support guys we really do appreciate you and we'll see you next episode